Today on Ag News Daily. We understand the technology very well. We use it in our own farm operations. And we understand that we need to be out ahead of it at least a couple of years to understand what's coming down the pipeline and be able to make good recommendations to our customers. Well, folks, our podcast today is brought to us by Sound Agriculture. And Jennifer, it is a snowy, blustery day here in central Iowa, as we've gotten quite a bit of snowfall here over the last uh, 12 hours or so, Jennifer. Yes, we have. All the windows in my house are frosted over, so it is definitely cold and still snowing, as we just discussed right before we started. Yes, still snowing, blustery. A lot of schools I know have already canceled school for today. Uh, Tomorrow is going to be the big question mark about whether snowplows can get in and get things cleared off. But as far as the weather is concerned, Jennifer, more than 40 million people are under severe storm threats on Tuesday, according to the National Weather Service, with this weather alert stretching more than 2,000 miles from New Mexico to Maine. The system has already hit quite a bit of the south with hailstorms, significant flooding and tornado threats. And here in the central U.S., we've obviously obviously seen pretty heavy blizzard-like conditions in quite a few country or quite a few states here in the Midwest. Uh, lots of road closures, school closures, and other, but amid severe blizzard conditions in Kansas on Monday, the state patrol said that it had responded to more than 300 calls for help and nearly 70 crashes with whiteout conditions. These widespread conditions are expected to go through Tuesday, as well as widespread power outages as strong winds threaten to topple power poles and trees. The storm system here that we're seeing is likely going to continue on for about the next 10 days or so as we see it move across the Midwest. In fact, 49 of the 50 states are in some sort of weather alert, not necessarily snow. Some of them, like I said, might be flooding, hail, tornadoes or whatnot. But we're going to talk a little bit more about weather on the podcast tomorrow with Eric Snodgrass. So Jennifer, hopefully he'll be able to break down for us why we're seeing this widespread weather event across so much of the U.S. Yes, hopefully that is a crazy statistic with 49 out of the 50 states being in a warning or watch of some sort. Yeah, Hawaii is the only lucky one here. So maybe that's where we need to be headed, Jennifer. Oh, that would be great. I wish. But to kick off my side of the podcast today for this Tech Tuesday episode, I have a story coming from Paris, France, as food technology startup Spore Bio is aiming to improve the way food and beverage manufacturers ensure the safety of their products. The company's technology uses artificial intelligence and is still in the early stages of development. But founder and chief executive officer Anime Raji said it will be ready for deployment by mid-2025. Coming off a recent pre-seed funding round, which raised $8 million and was led by London-based Local Globe VC, the company was working to bring its technology to the United States. With the funds, the company will hire scientists, researchers, engineers, and industrial teams, and they will focus its efforts on research and development to deploy prototypes in processing plants. So that'll be a interesting technology to keep up to date on as they develop over the coming months. It certainly will. Some other interesting technology that we've seen here 
was put forward by a company called Earth Optics, which has reached 1 million acres mapped. Earth Optics announced their 1 million acres of farm and ranch land since the company began collecting data about five years ago. Their CEO said that they use sensors mounted on all-terrain vehicles and machine learning to analyze soil samples. They've got some big goals ahead as they're going to try and map as much uh, land as they certainly can. But with a million acres under their belt, they said they're mapping things like soil, uh, the soil carbon. And as soil sequestration becomes a greater ask by farmers, that's an area they're going to continue to focus on. And staying on a similar note of land, uh, Wednesday's upcoming Oklahoma County Commissioner's Meeting, a piece of rural Oklahoma's livelihoods and all Oklahomans' heritage is on the docket. In its search for a new jail site, the county has identified acreage on the edge of Stockyard City as a front runner. The only problem is, though, is that it's not listed for sale and its owner, the Oklahoma National Stockyards, utilize it in their current and long-term growth plans. At the January 10th hearing, commissioners will again consider the land. Since the stockyards property isn't for sale, though, there is concern that the property could be pursued through the condemnation process in eminent domain. Ben Hale, the president of the Oklahoma City Livestock Exchange, the group representing the nine commission firms operating at the stockyards, said that while he understands the need for a new jail facility, he believes taking this land would have a profound impact on the livestock commission firms and in turn the surrounding businesses that benefit from sale day traffic, as well as the thousands of livestock producers who rely on the venue. So with that meeting being tomorrow, hopefully we can get some updates on that later this week. Absolutely. We're going to also probably see some updates from the Iowa Land Investment Expo, as hopefully that's not going to get canceled here in Des Moines, Iowa, Jennifer, as that is kicking off by People's Company later today. But I'm sure we'll see some headlines coming out of that event and hopefully their turnout doesn't uh, get too much altered here by these storms we are having. But I also wanted to mention, you know, you were talking about land sales there. I saw this one this morning, but Jennifer, do you know who the largest land owner is in the world? In the world? Oh, wow. I've heard a lot of crazy names. That was a topic of discussion at a recent family get together, actually, but I don't think I know who it would be. It's not a person, actually. It's an entity. It's the Catholic Church is the largest landowner in the world, as a lot of people leave the church, their land, uh, in passing. However, another church is maybe going to be starting to compete with the Catholic Church here. The Mormon Church has sparked some fierce backlash in a local Nebraska farming community after purchasing 370,000 acres of prime ranch land in Nebraska. The Utah-based religion now owns at least $2 billion of agricultural terrain across the country. And the Mormon church said that they don't have plans to necessarily stop purchasing. Uh, so they will continue to purchase farmland, it sounds like, here. And we'll see. I doubt that they can compete with the Catholic church, but they certainly aren't receiving some friendly um, feedback after that purchase went through. 
I am sure of that. But staying kind of on the topic of purchases for my last story of the morning, uh, the DFA purchases its first verified carbon credits in livestock in set of the marketplace. Atheon announced it has sold the first verified carbon credits in the groundbreaking livestock carbon insetting marketplace to the Dairy Farmers of America, which is the largest U.S. milk marketing cooperative. A dairy farmer named Jasper DeVos of Texas utilized Atheon's first accepted protocol to generate carbon credits by reducing energetic methane and improving feed utilization through the use of innovative feed management product and quantification tool from the Alanco Animal Health, resulting in nearly 1,150 metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalent reduction. If the entire U.S. dairy industry leveraged this same intervention, it could avoid 4.7 million metric tons of carbon dioxide emissions annually from the feed and manure emissions accelerating the impact animal agriculture has in being part of the climate solution, Delaney. Absolutely, Jennifer. Well, I think uh, I'm out of headlines. We don't have a lot to chat about here this morning. Maybe journalists are stuck in the snow as well. I don't know. But uh, uh, the only thing I think I have left here to go through is markets. What about you? I am all out of headlines, so let's jump into the markets. Well, Jennifer, as we take a look at the overnight markets here, they seem unaffected by the snow that we have currently blowing through the Midwest as March corn is down a penny at 4.54. March soybeans up a penny in the quarter at 12.46 and three quarters. December hard red, excuse me, March hard red winter wheat up a quarter of a cent at 6.15 and a half. March wheat up excuse me, down a half a cent at 5.95 and three quarters and March spring wheat up two and a half cents at 7.05. As we take a look at the livestock markets, I know they're preparing for a challenging next few days as cattle are going to potentially see some lower weights and pullbacks due to the colder temperatures. February live cattle ended the day yesterday, 62 and a half cents lower while opening this morning at 169.95. March feeder cattle will open on the board at 225.07 and a half. And February lean hogs this morning will open at 70.60. For our conversation today for Tech Tuesday, we are chatting with Adam Gittins, the new president of HTS Ag. So let's turn it over to that conversation. Do you want to optimize the amount of plant nutrition provided by the microbes in your soil? Source it. Want to replace 25 pounds of nitrogen and phosphorus per acre? Source it. Looking for a more cost-effective way to unlock your crop's potential and increase ROI? Source it. Easy to handle, apply, and store. To make your fertilizer plan more efficient, source it. Learn more at sound.ag. Well, folks, I'm super excited to catch up with a voice on the podcast that may be familiar to some of you. It's been quite some time since we've had him on the podcast, but we are joined today by the new president of HTS Ag, Adam Gittins. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Delaney, how about yourself? I can't complain. Another year, so uh, another great uh, year ahead of us. Excited to see for what's ahead here. But Adam, I'm excited to learn about what's ahead for you in 2024 with your new role at HTS Ag. But before we get into that, give us a little bit of the Adam story, the background here. 
Yeah, Delaney, this one's a lot of fun for me. So precision agriculture has been in my blood, you could say, for a long time. I actually got my start in the industry uh, many years ago at Ag Leader Technology. I started there uh, in college and actually did an internship with them and then took full-time employment with Ag Leader upon graduation from Iowa State. Uh, wanting to get back closer to the family farm, I ended up moving down to Southwest Iowa in the fall of 2005, and I took a job as a technician here at HTS. Uh, at that time, it was Heartland Technology Solutions, and the Precision Ag division was a small subset of a larger IT company. Fast forward through uh, technician, and then I really kind of hit the ground running because I had the technical background from working at Ag Leader. That also then uh, springboarded into, I had uh, some ability to do some sales and really started uh, getting the company aligned with some more revenue from that. Uh, that turned into sales manager, and then that turned into the precision ag manager for HTS, which brings us to about uh, 2012 or the beginning of 2013, uh, just 11 years ago now, uh, HTS in its current form was sold. The IT company was sold and the precision ag division was spun off to its own standalone company. And uh, I was named general manager at that time. And for the last 11 years, I've really ran the company as if it were my own uh, anyhow. So moving forward, not a, not a significant amount of changes. You know, I, I'm um, humbled and honored to have the opportunity that's been presented to me and uh, being able to, to carry the torch on for HTS Ag into the next chapter and, and see where we can go with it. I love that. I knew you had worked at HTS for a while, but I had not realized that your journey went back quite that far. So really exciting to see your career blossom, I'm sure, over the past 18 years. Um, Adam, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with HTS Ag, you mentioned precision ag, you mentioned technology. What does uh, HTS Ag do in its current form today? Yeah, in a nutshell, Delaney, we provide high-tech solutions for agriculture. And this includes Ag Leader Technology as one of our primary uh, partners, OP Grain Management Systems. And then we work a fair bit in the drone industry, both with uh, small drones for imagery of crops or fields, as well as some of the larger spray drones. And, and that's just such a really ever-changing landscape and just such a lot of fun to, to learn with. We've actually been uh, working with drones now for almost a decade, believe it or not. I love that. It it doesn't seem like drones have been in the de in the era or in our toolbox for that long, but a decade is quite the time. Adam, you mentioned, you know, looking ahead for HTS Ag, maybe things are going to change too much with you at the helm now, but when you were making that decision to become the president um, in, in some ownership in the company, what was running through your mind when that opportunity presented itself? Delaney, I've been very blessed to be able to work in an industry that I absolutely love what I do. So it doesn't really feel a lot like a job. I get up and come to work every morning and I'm excited about the technology. I'm excited about the people that we get to work with. And I'm just, I just have a lot of fun with it. And, and for those reasons, it just became such a natural fit over the years as I've, you know, continued to evolve with the, the company and moved through the different roles and, and taking on, you know, a little more responsibility at a time, it's just become increasingly obvious that this is really my place and this is a good fit for me. And, you know, looking ahead, 
we've over the last couple of years here, we've we've seen some pretty uh, significant growth, very strategic. We've added to our team by adding a sales manager. We've added a marketing manager and we've added a accounting coordinator and really built some structure to allow for that next phase of growth. And, and that's what we're going to continue with into 2024. Adam, I'm glad you mentioned that strategic growth piece, because I think farmers are always thinking about what's the next strategic move I'm making on my farm when it comes to precision ag and technology. So when you look at new pieces coming down the pipeline, new tools coming down the pipeline for farmers, either in 24 or beyond, what has you really jazzed up right now that you think our listeners should know about? You know, the really hot topics right now in, in any industry, but especially in agriculture, are artificial tech, artificial intelligence and robotic technology. Um, I'm actually headed out to CES in Las Vegas to check that out and, and try and learn a little more about what else is happening in the technology industry. And we really feel like, you know, not only do we use the technology, we are farmers, uh, myself included. So we understand the technology very well. We use it in our own farm operations. And we understand that we need to be out ahead of it at least a couple of years to understand what's coming down the pipeline and be able to make good recommendations to our customers, try and help them avoid the pitfalls of buying the next gadget or gimmick and help them invest in technology that's going to be impactful for their operation. So we really look at our role as being able to turn those tools into uh, in the, the technology into tools for them. I think um, AI, as you mentioned, has been a big tool we've talked a lot about here on the podcast. And I think everybody has a different take on artificial intelligence and how to use it as a tool. It's a little scary sometimes to think about the capabilities that AI has and, you know, certainly could be used as a negative tool. But from your perspective, uh when it comes to AI, it's just so encompassing of a lot of different things. How are you seeing HTS ag and farmers start to use that in their operations? Well, I think what it enables is the ability for us to provide better answers faster or more information in a concise format and at your fingertips. You know, an example I throw out, uh, a customer will call in and he'll have a problem with his piece of equipment. And my brain remembers that there was something that our manufacturer had suggested was a, a known issue with that piece of equipment, and we have a known fix for it. But it's not always really easy to remember what that specific issue was, what the specific fix was, and how to go find that information it can sometimes be challenging. You know, many of our, our manufacturers, our vendors will, will publish uh, you know, a, a service bulletin or some piece of information about that specific uh, problem. And then our job is to wade through, you know, hundreds or maybe even thousands of these service bulletins to try and find the right one to be able to solve the issue. If we can type that information into, if we type the symptoms into an AI tool that has been trained with all those service bulletins, it can spit that answer out in seconds. So it's that... That's one way that I think we can make a, a huge impact for our, our growers and for our customers to be able to get them that information in such a timely and quick manner. Yeah, I know I've played around with some different AI tools, ChatGPT and uh, a couple other ones out there. It's really neat, like you said, just to see how quickly the response time is. And of course, it's not always accurate, but it learns as it goes, which I think is the really creepy, but also cool part at the same time. 
Well, and that, that's part of the beautiful part of it is the, the information it gives you is only as good as the information that it has access to. So if you're able to train that AI model with, you know, say a large number of service bulletins or whatever that use case may be, if we train it with really good data and we're, we're really good about how we get the information into it, it's going to give us really, really good responses. Absolutely. Well, Adam, I think that is all the time we have for today. But before we let our listeners go, if they're interested in connecting with HTS Ag, what's the best place to go to do so? Of course, you can find us on the web at www.htsag.com, or you can give us a call at 800-741-3305. Fantastic, Adam. Well, thanks again for joining us today, and congrats on the new role. We're excited to see how HTS Ag continues to move forward into the future. Thank you, Delaney. Have a great day. Well, Jennifer, that does it for another Tech Tuesday conversation. That was a good one, a fun one. And congratulations again to Adam on his new role. Absolutely. That was great to hear. I always look forward to these Tech Tuesday conversations. I do as well, but we've got another couple of great conversations coming up later this week. Our listeners are going to want to stay tuned in for. But until then, Jennifer, should we let the people go? We should let them go.